But I have the blessing of calling to his own pulpit for the first time Pastor Chris Jones. Let's give him a hand, please, ladies and gentlemen. Father, it is good to be with your people this morning, proclaiming praises to you. Lord, we have reason to rejoice. We have reason to celebrate because of what you have done for us. Lord, guide us now as we look at your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, throughout the year here at Meadowbrook Baptist Church, we usually have a handful of Sundays in which we deviate from our typical Sunday morning gathering. And if you're visiting with us this morning and you haven't noticed already, today is one of those Sundays. This morning we recognize and honor our senior adults here at Meadowbrook Baptist Church, also known as the pace setters here. So thank you, seniors. Thank you for leading us in worship this morning. But thank you for not only leading us in worship this morning, but for your commitment to serving God in his church. And the theme for this year's Senior Adult Sunday is celebrate. Celebrate. And so our task for the next few minutes is to connect this theme to the Christian life through the avenue of God's word. And as I reflected on that theme and read scripture in light of that theme, I was reminded of a very similar theme that is throughout scripture. And it's the theme of rejoicing, although slightly different. We celebrate an accomplishment. We celebrate a little league win making the honor roll, making all state, winning state, graduation, a college acceptance letter, a scholarship, a promotion, or perhaps most treasured in the South, winning an SEC championship. <laughs> but these celebrations are temporal. They're bound to a specific time. Your son may have won his Little League game last week, but this week or next week, it might be a different story. Your college football team may have had an undefeated season in the SEC last year or the year before that or the year before that, but before long, you may be scrambling for a new coach with the hopes of having a decent season this coming fall. Now, I know some, some Alabama fans have mentally checked out, excusing themselves because of recent success in the last few years. But let me remind you that every earthly kingdom will eventually fall. 
Now, that's not a statement for or against Alabama, for or against Auburn. And let me, let me quickly move on because I'm, <laughs> I know I'm making friends and enemies at the same time, no matter what I say. But we celebrate as Christians, as believers, one accomplishment that is not bound to a specific time. It took place in time, namely, roughly 2,000 years ago, but it has ramifications that extend into eternity. And for that, we as believers rejoice. And we'll see this morning from God's Word that our joy extends beyond circumstances and beyond time. Our joy extends beyond circumstances and beyond time. And our text for this morning comes from Philippians chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn to Philippians chapter 4. There's just something about reading and studying Scripture together. And so Philippians chapter 4, and even though we just have one single verse as kind of our focus text this morning, I want to read Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 to kind of set the context for what is being said here. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. This is what Scripture says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, known as Philippians in our New Testament, was written from a backdrop of heavy opposition to the gospel. It's no secret that Paul wrote this letter that centers around the theme of joy in Christ despite suffering and persecution on this earth. We know that Paul wrote this letter from prison, and yet chapter after chapter, time after time, he is talking about joy and rejoicing. And right here in chapter 4, verse 4, he urges believers, the church, to rejoice always in the Lord. And quickly, for the next minute or two, I want us to trace this theme of joy and rejoicing throughout this book of Philippians. So if you have your Bibles, look back at chapter 1. We'll, we'll, we will move very quickly. But chapter 1, verse 4, we read, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Chapter 1, verse 18. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain 
And I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Same chapter, verse 26. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brothers... Rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Now chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. And lastly, chapter 4, verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Just a cursory reading of the book of Philippians draws out that this theme of joy, this theme of rejoicing, is not just for Paul, as if he has received some type of super special blessing that is not available to all believers. This is a word of encouragement, a word of uplifting, a word of redirection for all believers, for the church at Philippi, And it's a call to rejoice, not in circumstances, not because things are going well today, but to rejoice in the Lord. Because the reality is, these believers were also facing the same sort of opposition to their faith that that their leader, Paul the Apostle, was. And we see this back in chapter 1, verse 27 through 30. And this is what chapter 1, verses 27 through 30 reads. This is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Did you catch it there? The language used there to describe the situation at Philippi, that these believers were to stand firm together contending for the faith, not being frightened by those that oppose them, suffering for their faith, and struggling to spread the message of the gospel. And so when we come to chapter 4, this is the background, this is the context, and this is why Paul writes, as believers, rejoice in the Lord always. Be salt and light in this world through your gentleness before others. Don't be anxious when things don't go your way. But prayerfully approach God 
in thankfulness and recognize that your peace in life comes from your relationship with God. And he could say this, he could write this, and we can take it to heart this morning because as believers, our joy is not based on our accomplishments. It's not based on how successful we are or how successful our children are in this world. It's not based off of whether or not we're having a good day or a bad day today. Our joy as believers is in the Lord. It is found in Him. And the good news is that if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you are in the Lord. And being in the Lord is every reason to rejoice always. I love what one biblical scholar has written about this particular passage. Listen to this quote. And I'm not, I'm slow to read quotes from the pulpit because I know people just kind of tune out, but, but I couldn't write this any better. I couldn't say this any better. So I want you to hear it and try to follow along with me. It's not very long. This is from D.A. Carson, and this is what he has written. If we fail to respond with joy and gratitude when we are reminded of these things, and he's talking about being reminded of our faith in Christ and what that means. If we fail to respond with joy and gratitude when we are reminded of these things, it is either because we have not properly grasped the depth of the abyss of our own sinful natures, and of the curse from which we have been freed by Jesus, or because we have not adequately surveyed the splendor of the heights to which we have been raised. In other words, when we hear these things, when we hear these truths about who we are in Christ, and we don't respond with joy and gratitude, it is likely because we are failing to recognize what we've been saved from, our sin, death, destruction, hell, disobedience to God, or because we don't recognize what we now have in Christ, the new life that we now have in Christ. I'm convinced that, that many people in the world today that associate themselves with Christianity have heard the truth. They've heard the gospel, but many have not been transformed by the gospel. And there's a huge difference. And there may be some in this room this morning that that applies to. Chances are, there are, that you've heard the truth, you've heard the message from Scripture, but you've not been changed by it. And this is sort of like looking at a picture of something fascinating, versus actually experiencing something fascinating for yourself. We've all seen pictures of the Rocky Mountains or the beach or the Grand Canyon or even something as simple as snow. But the first time that we actually see those things in person with our own eyes, we're amazed And the same thing is true of the gospel. We've heard this message. Most of us have heard it from 
before we can remember as young children growing up in the church. But the first time that we fully recognize what it is and what it means for us as sinners, it should invoke in us a response of joy, a response of amazement, a response of rejoicing, of gratitude that does not end. There's a difference in knowing about this message and knowing the God who gives us this message. Now, Paul knew the difference. He had experienced the difference, and we see that back in chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. This is what he wrote. He wrote, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. In other words, Paul was saying that everything he had in this world, all the accomplishments that he had achieved in this life compared to knowing Christ were rubbish. They were garbage. Can you say that this morning? Can you say that you know Christ in that way? That compared to everything else, he's infinitely of more value, more worth, and that you would be willing to part with those things because of the joy associated with knowing him. Oh, I hope that we can say that. I hope that we leave this place this morning recognizing this joy that surpasses all understanding. Because if we do, that's a sign that we have recognized and taken to heart the truth of the gospel. Just several nights ago, Kinsley, my two-year-old daughter, had fallen asleep. And I was sitting next to her, and I kind of just reached over and and put her hand, her little two-year-old hand, in mine. And I sat there for a couple moments, just mesmerized that this was my child, And the bond between a parent and a child is is difficult to explain. You know this. In fact, it often leads to many of us parents overlooking certain shortcomings of our own children that we would readily recognize in someone else's. And this is probably the reason that we see so many So many children or so many parents letting their children get away with all sorts of things in public that we recognize and perhaps they don't. The same thing is probably true of us. And this is because we have blind spots. Because our love for our children is so great. Now God does not have blind spots. But his love for his children is so great. And Romans chapter 8 teaches us that those that know God in Jesus Christ, the children of God, have been adopted as children of God. If you're a believer, if you've trusted in Christ for salvation, if you're a Christian, then you have gone from a lowly creature, a lowly sinner, disobedient, destined for punishment, for hell, destruction, to righteousness, right relationship with God. 
life everlasting, being called a child of the creator. And that church is reason to rejoice. It's reason to rejoice in the Lord. But not only is this admonition to rejoice in the Lord, it's to rejoice always. It extends beyond our circumstances. It's in the Lord. And it's also eternal. If you know Christ, then the joy you have in Christ begins at the moment of salvation and has no end. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And eternal life, folks, involves eternal rejoicing. It is rejoicing ever after in the presence of God. And this is the reason that that Paul could write and that he did write under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit what he did in chapter 4, verse 4 of Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So for believers, our joy extends beyond circumstances and beyond time. And I know that many of you this morning know that. You've experienced that joy in Christ, but we need to be continually reminded of it. Because like the hymn states, we are prone to wonder. We're prone to leave the God that we love. And so when you find yourself down, look to the good book. Look to the Bible to remind you of what you as a believer, as a child of God, have in Jesus Christ. When you don't feel like rejoicing, meditate on the salvation, the forgiveness that you have with God through Jesus Christ. Do you know this joy that's only found in Christ? This joy that extends beyond circumstances and beyond time is only found through salvation in Jesus Christ. In just a moment, we are going to stand and and respond to God's word proclaimed. And you can respond in any number of ways. We respond to God's word through singing. We respond through prayer. For you, it might be responding through confession. Maybe you've not known this joy, so it might look like turning from your sin, acknowledging it before God and trusting in Christ for salvation. Maybe you've done this, and maybe you sense that God is leading you to join this church, to be a part of this faith family. However God leads you, you respond. Let's pray together. Father God, once again, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for salvation, for forgiveness in you. Lord, we thank you for your kindness. 
We thank you for your undeserved grace. Lord, we've already sung about it this morning. Who are we to experience this great love of yours? Well, we thank you for it. Help us to joyfully, gladly, wholeheartedly receive it and to be filled with the joy of the Lord today and every day. May you receive all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.